Today I am here with Kenny Agabula, who is a referee, and we are going to answer some questions just to ease our mind and get more knowledge of what it's like working as a referee. So Kenny, thank you so much for taking time and speaking to me today. No problem. <laughs> so Kenny, let me start off with, what made you become a referee? Um, so I used to play football, um, not at a good level to be honest. And to be honest, I'm, I wasn't that good enough, but obviously I enjoyed football watching it. So I decided to do something to stay in the game. So, you know, before you said you were um, playing football, um, mm -hmm. how long were you playing football for and what position? Um, I played football a couple of years, I think like maybe eight years. Um, I played right back. Uh, I played for a team called Greenhouse Beffing Football Club. Oh, wow. Yeah. But That's like great. I said, sorry, I was going to say, like I said, I was never good enough. I'll be honest. You know, some players say, oh, I was good, but I had injuries, etc. But for me, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> I mean, at least you're honest and, and you know, you know, where you stand. So what may, really made you become, um, you know, more into the referee? What kind of showed you the path that, you know, this is potentially what you wanted to take? Um, good question. So I reckon it was, like I said, um, I want to stay in the game as well. And although I wasn't good enough, I, when I played for my team, um, most of my teammates, teammates, apologies, some of them are in prison, some of them are dead. So it just gave me an opportunity to stay off the street because my the team that I played for even folded as well. So there's an opportunity for me to stay off the streets, just get involved in something I want to do. I mean, what you're saying is that, you know, you wanted to be a part of the community, you wanted to do better and, and still well, I, I admire that. Thank you. So what would you say the hardest part is, you know, becoming a referee? So, you know, the whole process, um, you know, the courses, so what would you say is the hardest part to become one? Uh, <clears throat> the hardest part is, um, I think, is, is just the commitments and the physical aspects, mental aspects and the social aspects. Because, like, for example, um, for me, if I have a game on Saturday, I use my games at 3 o'clock and I have to leave my house about probably 12 o'clock. I'm back home about 7.30, so takes a whole day, especially when you're traveling around. And physical aspect in terms of like um the physical demands just be fit as well for it. I mean, as you can see, referees are fit. And especially because obviously like you're losing you're leaving your family as well on a Saturday morning, Tuesday. So basically football's your whole life. It is true, you know, the whole day does kind of take up. You, you set out, yeah. <laughs> probably be back there like seven, so that's understandable. Half seven, I'm lucky, yeah. <laughs> Could you share some strategies or techniques, um, you know, when you do deal with this hardship? So how can you find it an easier way to do the day? Um, so strategies to do refereeing, um, the first thing I do is um, I always have to, I always like to do self-reflection. So after the game, um, I talk to my colleagues, my brother, family, just say to them, this happened. What could you do differently, etc." cetera? Or do you know, I'm, I'm actually watching a video and just think to myself, do you know what, I've done this. Why have I done this? And I question myself, why, what does the game expect? But I need to learn not to always question yourself because obviously once you make a decision, you can't really change it. That makes sense as well. So it's a hard one to take in. 
and I do a lot of um like for physical aspect, I do a lot of training, so I might do weight, swimming, yoga, have a bath, so just a lot of stuff for recovery as well. For sure. Have you ever dealt with, you know, verbal or any physical abuse from players or coaches, you know, whilst playing? Uh <clears throat> definitely. Um, I have, I mean, I think when I was refereeing, I think I was about, uh, should have been about 16, so um, I think I cautioned a player, a young kid, uh, he's probably like 14, and then his brother was on the touchline, his brother was angry, and he said to me, wait off the car park. So after the game, he was waiting the car park. If I remember correctly, he actually brought a knife out to me as well. So no, it's just, no yeah. So, you know, dealing with something so intense, how, how do you kind of deal with it? Like, what was your train of thought? Um, how did you get out of that situation? Um, so, obviously, the, his um, spectators came, helped me out, but it wasn't it was such a surreal event. I was actually frightened, to be honest. No, for sure, because, you know, you're only doing your job. You're calling out fouls, you're calling out what you genuinely um, to escalate it to something like that is, is, I think it's a bit absurd. It's a bit crazy. Definitely, I would agree with you. I mean, like I was saying to someone earlier on, referees make mistakes. I mean, but everyone can make mistakes. We're all human beings. Who does make mistakes in life? No, 100%. I mean, in Saturday, Sunday league, we don't have the facilities of VAR. We have to... <laughs> don't get me started of VAR. Linemen. Um, especially if they're their teammates, they might try and, you know, help them win. They might not call the right foul. So you kind of really do have to take a lot under consideration. And, uh, you know, that's a lot in the heat of the moment, you know, in the middle of the yeah. game. You can't really take that much time to think about the decision or or anything. How do you juggle with all those thoughts? Um, <clears throat> again, that's a brilliant question you asked me. So um, when I'm referring... I like to communicate with the players as much as possible. Um, I try my best to explain um, why I give a certain decision. Not all the times, because obviously it's not practical or feasible. And I also like to have a bit of banter with the players as well. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't work with everyone. Some players say, referee, you're crap. Or just, but I make jokes. I say to them, like, for example, if I was so good enough, I would be refereeing you lot. So I give it to players back as well. But like I said, the same players you can't give it to, that makes sense. You have to pick your battles as well 100% you do have to honestly pick your battles because certain players you know in the heat of the moment they're so passionate with the sport you don't really know where it could go yeah and just adding on to what you said um, exactly what you said players are a bit passionate with the sport but generally after games yeah no one's ever came up to my face except for that one incident so generally everyone comes shakes their hand players might argue Susan but I think players are good are just leaving it um, their opinions to themselves after the game. Yeah, you know, generally done. You know, you f you feel good, you feel relieved. You may talk about it with your friends, but you kind of understand why the referee, you know, made certain decisions or why certain things were called. I'm, I mean, no one's ever really happy in this world. <laughs> always, there's yeah. always something to complain about, but I, I understand. Yeah. So what are some of the misconceptions, you know, people have about your role as a referee? Um, I think the uh, most common misconception is that referees have never played the game before, as usual. Um, referees are arrogant, so stuff like that. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, people just come with the judgment, but they don't really know you as um, you know, as a person. Hundred percent, and also they don't really understand the laws of the game. So, for example, there's certain decisions that I actually don't. There's certain laws, should I say, that I don't agree with. But obviously, it's my job as a player. So I think the players don't understand the laws of the game and why we apply. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, if there was one rule, like you just said, that you could potentially change or remove um, you know, your handbook, what yeah. potentially would be the one that you would want to remove? Uh, interesting one. Um, I think it would be the handball law. I mean, to be honest, we've seen lots of videos about handballs. And me personally, as a referee, it's somewhat confusing what constitutes to handball or not. Like, we see um, incidents on match of day when, like, if I put in a group chat, some referees say it's handball, some referees will say it's not. So I think for most people, the handball laws needs a bit of tidying up, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. Just to make it a bit finer, just so people... Yeah, but exactly. But... Elbow and below or however it is. Because exactly. I, I do understand, you know, when it's a natural pose, it's hard to tell, you know. Yeah, and, and they talk about the silhouette. I mean, it's so difficult to judge it. I mean, obviously, I have my interpretations about it, but the problem is, when you ask another referee, this handball, they will say no. So I think as a referee, the handball law is definitely something we want um, tidying up. Yeah. So how do you maintain fairness and, um, you know, an impartial decision throughout the game? Um, to be honest, I just have to make a decision based on what I've seen. So, for example, if I don't see an incident, I just say to the players, I haven't seen it really. Just be open and honest. Just give what you see most times. For sure. When you are open and honest, then if the conversation may get a bit heated, they're telling you, ref, ref, I saw it, I saw it. How do you deal <laughs> with, you know, just trying to stick with your word? Do you know what I've... I think when you're open and honest, I think the players expect you more and it's good to show you're human as well. So I think it actually works, to be honest. Okay, not, obviously, sometimes you can't always say the thing you want to say because it can get you in trouble. But just times again, just say like little stuff. Do you know what? I've got it wrong. I'll get the next um, season right. Well, hopefully, anyways. <laughs> but at least you're honest, you know. You can't yeah. fault for being honest. Mm. So how do you think mental health can, you know, impact a player's performance on a field? Um, it's similar to referees. I mean, there's a lot of pressure for the players. So the players want to perform to the best. They want to be in the team. Um, I'll give an example. So the sub, yeah, he or she wants to make an impact. They come on and then, yeah, so since they come on, they might make a bad challenge. But they usually make a bad challenge because... They just want to be in the final 11, etc. I don't impress the manager, the spectators, etc. their family members. So it's just stuff like that. Do you think all that pressure can, you know, clutter someone's mind that they can't think clearly when they're playing football? You know, all this pressure, commentators, um, people watching this, that, you know, having all in your head, can that, you know, change the way you play? Can that make a big um, effect? Definitely. I mean... Like it's not the play, it's not even from just the managers, it's from everyone around. Like like you said, the spectators, the media, his team his teammates, family members. So there's a lot of pressure, definitely I would say. And obviously that can lead to mental health issues. Yeah. 
So what steps can football organizations take to support, you know, people that have, um, you know, to help their mental um, mental health well-being? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could just, like, just have more of a dialogue with players, communication with players, etc. Just let them know that it's okay not to be okay. Just let them know that you don't have to, like, be under a lot of pressure to play the game that you love. Do you feel like it's it's a bit harder because it's such a manly sport? There's so much passion and a bit of aggression within the sport that it's very hard to kind of maybe open up or organisations may not shed so much light on talking about mental health other than maybe offering more training and more facilities and more group work. Um, to be honest, I'm going to correct you here because you said football is mainly a manly sport, which I disagree, <laughs> to be honest. I think football is um, gender neutral, to be honest. So like, we've seen the England women doing well. So I think females, they do credit as well. And in terms of question, I think, yeah, they need to be able to... Um, so what did you say? Apologies. Let's try. No, that's perfectly fine. So, you know, just saying how, you know, the sport has so much aggression, it holds a lot of passion, um, you know, within the facilities and organisations, you know, having potential, you know, help for people with mental health and their well-being. But do you feel like they maybe spend more time on training and giving them more facilities to actually work out than giving them more help and tips for helping their mental health? Oh, yeah, yes, I agree. Yeah, definitely should, yeah. Do you think we should maybe, like, try and incorporate that within physical training? You know, if there's any ways or steps that they can help? Um, They shouldn't try and incorporate it with physical training as well, yeah. And just do stuff like maybe... Um, physical activities, so obviously stuff to do your well-being, like yoga, have a salt bath, meditation, etc., can help. So, have you noticed any specific changes or any pressures that referees face when it comes to mental health? Um, similarly to the players, were under a lot of pressure to perform. I mean, obviously. We've got um, spectators, um, family members, um, the media. I mean, the media is the biggest one. I mean, they they just there to criticise referee decision. But for me, it's even to criticise it, which is fine. I think you have, you have to understand why the referee has come to that certain decision. If that makes sense, and obviously the players as well. So, like, I don't mind um, players showing video replay, but. That does that my thought process why I made that decision. Do you feel like that um leaves you with potentially, you know, quite a bit of stress and anxiety throughout the game, just thinking of all these things? Um, I think we are under a lot of stress during the game. Um, we have to make a decision like every 10 seconds we make a decision. So it does contribute towards stress. But for me, the way I try and deal with stress is I just worry about the getting the next one right. Or I'll just try to part the decision. So how important is it for football clubs to have mental health support systems in place? You know, we literally just spoke about how anxiety and how stress is such a big factor. And now that we have VAR, we've got video cameras, we've got people trying to, you know, add a bit of fuel into the fire. 
um, you know, how would you say that maybe a football club itself could help and offer any support? Is that for referees or players? Sorry. Um, for re um, for players, let's start off with, and then referees. I'm going to come to your organisation. Um, so for the players, I mean, I guess it's just like like a like an open space where the player can come and talk to them, how they're feeling post match, pre match. Etc. Similarly, for referees, I think we need like an open door policies. So, for example, during my games, so um, so both before kickoff, I normally talk to the teams, um, explain um, how I'm going to ref the game and what I expect of them, and I always use that as an opportunity for them to ask me questions, what they expect from me. So, I think that conversation is very important. So that way, we're on the same page. So, you know, the way that you communicate with your players, um, you know, throughout your games, who do mm -hmm. you have to, um, you know, who do you have that you could speak to and you can get support from, you know, other than your family? Do, do, is there a certain organisation for referees? Is there like a place, a hub, um, a group chat? Anything? Yeah. Um, so we have a referees group chat. So in the group chat, we post like clips. So someone might post a clip and then the discussion and then or someone might say this happened to my game what could i have done differently yeah just like an open forum and also we get some talk so do you want to continue no i i oh, like you said the thing is i think mm -hmm. i think that's good to have you know a way that you can kind of talk to other referees and get their opinion and get their you know ideas and their thoughts and stuff and i think that is very comforting because they go through the same things that you go through they they have to tolerate you know players foul mouths or yeah. xyz when playing so it's nice that you guys have a hub or a, a safe place that you guys can come together and talk exactly when well, everyone's on the same page i mean we might not agree but at least that way um that person just expressed their, um, their opinion so i in think that's really important Sorry, um, in your experience, what are some of the effective strategies for managing stress and anxiety within football? I know we mentioned yoga and just some of like self self love things that we can do and take time. Um, exactly said, and more or less self love. Um, I think I already said before. So like, it's easier said than done, but I tend not to really. Um, focus on the decision I made during the game. After the game, I might self-reflect, but during the game, something happened, I'll be like, it's gone. Worry about the next 10, 15 minutes, try and get the next season right. Well, hopefully, like I said, anyways. So stuff like that, just part of the decision, to be honest. No, for sure. Like, everything that you said today is, has been so enlightening. Like, just understanding what it is for a referee, just... The thought process, the things that you have to deal with, there, there's just a lot that you guys have to put up with. So I, I genuinely appreciate, you know, for you coming on the show and, and definitely telling us what it is. Thank you very much. No, thank you so much, Kenny. I genuinely appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Till next time. Bye. Take care. Bye.